It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Cole and Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception, the show. All right, Matt, here we are. Uh, we got uh, one, our first official preseason game in the books. Uh, not that we took anything from it. That's okay. <laughs> but uh, Zach Wilson played or whatever, whatever. Anyways, who cares? Uh, it's all good. We got football uh, on our TV screens now. Yeah, we got football on our TV screens. Uh, I mean, maybe the most mild, interesting thing, if we're going to say, you know, something on this podcast that came from the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame game. You know, Cedric Tillman played a little bit. Cedric Tillman's like a rookie that we were interested in and, uh, you know, from sure. a big X receiver perspective. But we just don't really care too much about what happened in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, <laughs> the real the real preseason right. stuff definitely is going to start coming down the pipe here. You know, uh, that they'll, there will actually be some reactions and overreactions potentially from those games but for now yeah it's just like okay we're getting closer and closer i mean i think kickoff is what a month away now at this point so yeah pretty crazy crazy yeah it's pretty crazy stuff uh for today's show uh i I want to challenge matt Harmon a little bit we're going to challenge some of his rankings and in particular his mike evans ranking is he ranked too low we're going to dip into that uh and i want to challenge i think both of our priors actually on this one because we don't ever spend time talking about patriots outside wide receiver probably for good reason but Not a bad time, I think, to maybe challenge uh, some of our assumptions going into that situation there in New England. Um, And again, uh, I want to talk about Darnell Mooney as well. I feel like this is a wide receiver that uh, in a Chicago Bears uniform, we don't really talk about uh, Mm -hmm. very much. And what are the expectations from Matt Harmon in regards to Darnell Mooney? I want to start the show, though, Matt, in Cincinnati. Jamar Chase, telling NFL Network, he told Joe Burrow to essentially – take his time back from his calf injury and that if he misses week one, he's good with it. Quote, I told him in that with all honesty, I don't want him there. Then Matt, the guy goes and doubles down on that later on says he'd be good with Joe coming back after week five. (laughs) Whoa. Uh, Jamar chase is telling his quarterback to take his time back. What were your thoughts when you heard that? Well, Jamar also made the point, too, that he came back last year from a hip issue in the middle of the season, which it's crazy that, you know, we've talked on the podcast many times about how good Jamar Chase was last year from an isolation individual perspective. And this guy played like he played coming back from a hip injury. Uh, Imagine if you, you know, I mean, imagine a hip injury. Give me a break. Um, So he brought up brought at that point that he was very, very um, concerned about not rushing himself back from that injury. And so he wants Joe Burrow to take sort of the same approach here. I mean, it's not nothing, right? Like a calf issue is not nothing for Joe Burrow. This is also a guy who's, you know, dealt with lower body injuries before, you know, he tore his ACL his rookie year. Right. Um, I think people look, he's not obviously Jalen hurts. He's not Josh Allen in terms of like a rushing perspective, but people right. do forget that, um, Running, again, it's not like a big part of his game, but it is certainly 
the pocket mobility is a big part of his game. Uh, making guys miss inside the pocket is a big part of his game. He actually scrambled, you know, a decent bit last year, much more than he did in his first year coming off that ACL. So is that going to be something that he, you know, has to hold himself back from? So um, I don't know that we are I, – I don't know that we need to react too heavily. Like, okay, maybe this – like Joe Burrow takes this to heart, right? Like Jamar is making the, you know, this comment like kind of in a throwaway sense in an NFL Network interview, but – um, it is, again, worth keeping our eyes on if Joe Burrow does decide to take that same cautious approach in a year, obviously, when he's hoping to get a contract extension, number one. And two, right. we know that all these AFC teams, they, they want to win every game, of course, but they've got their eyes on what's going to happen in January and February. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing um, in regards to what uh, Jamar Chase is talking about is that. I mean, you want that number one seed or you want that number two seed, that's fine, you know, but man, uh, it's all about the postseason. And I think with those three big teams in the AFC, I think that's what it's all about, right? The Patriots, the Bills, and the Bengals. Yeah. Uh, I think what is so cool about this is that we've got three quarterbacks there in the, on those three teams in their primes, you know, Joe mm -hmm. Burrow, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And it just feels like, Matt, What's so fun about it is that what it feels like is that it's just these battle of the superpowers every single year with these three teams, and they're just going at it over and over and over again. The Bengals have gotten to the Super Bowl. Kansas City obviously uh, has won a couple of them, and the Bills want to get to the Super Bowl so badly. Uh, so, man, this is a, I think it's such a fun time, uh, especially in the AFC, and, and this is a big reason why the AFC is just – you know, they, they, they dominate in terms of, you know, um, uh, the competitiveness and, and, and all the power stacking in the AFC. The NFC is like, you know, hey, it's like it's like the NBA Eastern Conference, you know, no disrespect. Yeah. But I mean, come on, there's just not as many strong teams in the NFC. You know what I mean? And what I when I hear that, when I hear you talk about that and what ma it makes me think about is that we're going to get to the end of some of these quarterbacks careers and like they're not going to win Super Bowls, right? No. Like, or they're going to have maybe one. That's why, like, we we talk so much about how rings and legacy and all that stuff. But yo, it's just really hard to win a Super Bowl, right? Especially when you have the previous twenty years, it was the Patriots just clogging up uh, Super Bowl <laughs> titles, and now it looks like the Chiefs may right. well be on their way to clogging up. Super it's by the way, it's also why it's so um, not to bring the running back stuff back up. But it's why it's so annoying and disingenuous. It's like. Yeah, well, you know, Super Bowl never had never Super Bowl winner never has a great great running games. Like, yeah, they just happen to have Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. Like, <laughs> GFL trying to find one of those, pal. Okay, so uh, maybe we can just at least try to have a decent rush, rushing attack. But beside the point, there is it's just we're gonna right. get to a point where at the end of these guys' careers, where maybe Josh Allen doesn't ever get one, maybe Joe Burrow doesn't ever get one. Right? Like that's why the it's crazy. Uh, that and it's crazy to say that, especially because Burrow was in one his second season. I know. And you know I the know. immediate thing is always like, oh, you'll be back. Like they'll be back. Last year, Jalen Hurts he misses the moment in the end. He doesn't get the Super Bowl. Not I'm not saying it was his fault. He was fantastic in the Super Bowl, right? But right. I'm just saying like they they don't make, they don't close the deal. Oh, he he he'll be back, man. You know he's a big contract extension. Eagles have a great team. It's not really right. Like Aaron Rodgers went to one. He won one, and he has never gone back since. And he's that's insane. I think, He's got to be one of the top five best and most talented quarterbacks that's ever played the game. And it's yeah. just, it, that's what's crazy about this time in the NFC or the AFC right now. And like, by the way, yeah, we're like Jalen Hurts, the NFC. These are still like a lot of really good quarterbacks that are out there right now. 
that really may never get to get to that moment and certainly may never haul that moment in, especially if the Chiefs continue playing at the level that they've played at with Mahomes there. Uh, Joe Burrow, obviously the starter there for Cincinnati. I take a look at their depth chart. It's the great uh, Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon is the backup there in Cincinnati. Uh, third string, Jake Browning. Is this Jake Browning, the 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 uh, the kid out of Washington? Yep, sure is. Jake Browning. Wow, okay. Uh, he, they got him third on the depth chart. Uh, so there you I, go. Uh, yeah, go I ahead. think Trevor Simeon's not like the worst backup in the world. No, absolutely um, not. I think yeah, as like, a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I would say he's if you have a backup quarterback situation, he's absolutely one of those dudes that you want there. Now he's got zero arm talent. Um, but I just think from a professionalism standpoint, um, Trevor Seaman is that guy, man. Like it's good. I mean, he's got some NFL, you know, starter reps in, in, in games under his belt. I don't think the moment's going to be too big for him. Look, the one thing you worry about, Matt, when you're talking about a backup quarterback is you don't want them just, just barfing all over their shoes. Right. And that's not Trevor Simeon. I think Trevor Simeon obviously has limitations. Again, zero arm talent. Uh, but again, if you want him to, to, to guide an offense, you know, uh, you know that you could put a full NFL uh, plate on his, uh, you know, in front of him and, and he can handle it. He had like some moments, right, with the Denver Broncos early on in his career. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. is this going to, is this going to be a thing? Like, is he going to be a guy? You know, is he going to be somebody that, I don't know. We're we're talking about as a, a a potential starting quarterback, and and obviously that fell apart really quickly. Uh, right. You know, he he had some. He actually did have some throw up on his shoes moments uh, <laughs> as a starter, right? Right. But right, I, right, I still right. like the way Trevor Simeon right. handles himself. And I'm like, okay, if the Bengals have to get by a couple weeks to start the season with um, Trevor Simeon, or like you know you you're you're thinking about Jamar Chase and T Higgins and fantasy or something like that, like okay. That's not the worst thing in the world for them have to, to have to deal with. Like, I think if you're talking, you know, there are plenty of backups that are like fringe startery types. Mm-hmm. We're talking about just like pure backups. You're right. I think Trevor Simeon's not like the worst. Uh, he, he's he's got to be like kind of up there. I, I honestly didn't even realize Trevor Simeon was on the damn. I was on the damn roster, right? You know, you just forget like these guys move around so much. I know, right? Um, hey, you know, I'll, I'll say this as well. Um, tinfoil hat conspiracy theory here. Jamar Chase, I'm assuming, uh, knows a little bit more about what's going on on the injury front in regards to Joe Burrow than than the rest of us. Um, and remember, he, Burrow did get, uh, I believe he got carted off, right? Non-contact injury. A lot of fears there. The way he was pulled up limping. Um, I tell you what, I, I mean, I know I wasn't the only person worried about an Achilles. Uh, luckily, it was just a calf injury. Uh, Going to sideline him for a few weeks. I almost wonder if Jamar, and by the way, T. Higgins also said uh, that he feels like, hey, listen, uh, the everyone's got to be a professional in this whole situation. We can't rely solely on Joe Burrow, which, again, makes me feel like they know a little something, something, Matt, that maybe they're, they're, Burrow yeah, is going to miss a lot of time, you know? They're they're setting expectations to mm-hmm. a certain point of like okay well maybe just maybe just we're gonna be careful about this one um, yeah I I think I think it's really interesting uh, just to to see what's gonna happen with this one but man yeah I I want all these guys right for you know January right when the playoffs right. are happening correct correct okay uh, a man who has uh, seen a lot of January as of late is Mike Evans with the aforementioned Tom Brady that you talked about there um, the Matt Harmon half PPR uh, tiers the his rankings are on the site right now go to receptionperception.com we we dove into it a little bit. 
uh, at the end of last week. I, I want to dive into it specifically in regards to Mike Evans here. You've got him in tier five, Matt Harmon. And to be honest with you, I feel like that's a little disrespectful. I'm not going to lie. Tier fives, <laughs> tier fives got some dudes in here, bro, that you are not all that high on. Okay. You've got Jerry Judy in this tier. You've got Mike Williams in this tier. Christian Kirk, you love, but J- Jahan Dotson, Gabe Davis, that you've pointed out a lot of warts in his game. George Pickens. I, we've talked about extensively with a lot of warts in his game as well. And then a rookie in Jackson Smith and Jigba, I look at tier five and then I see Mike Evans. It's like, I mean, just a flashing headlight of like, yo, why am I in this group, man? (laughs) Well, listen, I mean, that's all really fair. What you said, Uh, it does feel disrespectful to have Mike Evans there based on what he's accomplished. There are players. I like some guys in this tier. You know, I I like Jahan Dotson. Obviously I like Christian Kirk, like from a player perspective, you know, JSN really love JSN. George Pickens, I think could be, a great X receiver in the NFL. It can be like, he has a really wide, I think he has a wide range of outcomes, but he has a very high ceiling. Like to me, all of these guys from a pure fantasy perspective are like very volatile wide receiver three candidates. Like I can see all of these guys, George Pickens, Mike, I mean, for God's sakes, Mike Williams, uh, you know, Jahan Dotson, Gabe Davis. I can see all those guys having like (laughs) four for 120 and a touchdown. And I could see them having, you know, two for 20 or something like that. Right. And, and and being very volatile from, and I think Jerry Judy fits into this group too. Although I know a lot of other people have him higher, you know, I'm not going to have the Jerry Judy conversation again, but right. Like that, that I think is that's this group from a fantasy perspective. And I get it. Mike Evans obviously um, has accomplished a lot more in his career than a lot of those players. And, you know, he's a guy that I've gone to bat for over the last few seasons mm-hmm. um, in terms of like his actual ability I do think we saw a small decline from an individual perspective with Mike Evans. Um, Not a big decline, but like, you know, he was right around between 2019 and 2021 between 70.3% success rate versus man and 72.7% success rate versus man coverage. Um, He had one of his best seasons ever against press coverage in 2021, dipped down to about 75%. Dipped down to 69.3% success rate versus man coverage. So maybe a small little decline there uh, from an individual perspective, but nothing major. I also think the way that they used him last year was didn't really make a lot of sense from a go route perspective. When you go look at his reception perception route chart, mm-hmm. it, it's a lot of stuff that doesn't make a ton of sense when you consider that Tom Brady was getting the ball out at like two seconds, like literally two seconds flat and 27.7% of Mike Evans sampled routes and reception perception were go routes. So I think you can, you can sort of, um, you can understand why last year was a down year for him. Even if he, even if he didn't take a major step back as a player, like I still think Mike Evans can be a really good starting outside receiver, uh, even if he's sort of in that back nine. But like a lot of this doesn't have anything to do with Mike Evans his quarterback is probably Baker Mayfield this year. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, dude, that's not, that's bad. Okay. Like we, the the funny thing about, uh, you know, is uh, going back and forth with people still to this day are like, yeah, I mean, Odell Beckham, he had a couple of, a couple of good moments with the Rams, but he wasn't really good with the Browns. It's like, hello. I think now we've figured out (laughs) history has indicated what the problem there was with the Cleveland Browns. Like, right. Watch what Odell did when he was separated from Baker Mayfield. And then watch what Baker Mayfield has done at this point when he's been out of that like 
cookie cutter play action offense. Like who tanked DJ Moore's season to start last year? Oh, I wonder. Maybe it's the same guy. And my biggest problem there is that if you think about Beckham, I mean I, he's not the same player as Mike Evans, but you think about Beckham, you think about DJ Moore. Those guys are all outside receivers that run like big boy NFL number one wide receiver routes. That's what Mike Evans is going to do. It's not like Chris Godwin's more that slot guy, like a souped up version of Jarvis Landry. I think if one of these receivers is going to survive the Baker Mayfield disaster, it's probably going to be Chris Chris Godwin. Not in a super great way for fantasy either, like not a ceiling perspective, but like and catch 80 balls, 90 balls, something like that with Baker. I just worry that the stuff that Baker struggles with the most are the throws deep outside the numbers that Mike Evans is primarily going to run those routes. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, I want to go back to that nine route percentage. That's just, it's stupid. I mean, can we just say what it is? It's stupid. Um, He ran, you know, almost 28% of his routes last year were the nine route. That makes absolutely no sense. He's one of your best players uh, in in addition to Chris Godwin. And you're essentially taking that chess piece off the board because your offensive line is absolutely decimated. What were they? They were missing. Um, at one point, I think they were missing four of their five starting offensive linemen from the year prior. Their they starting center the got hurt like the first day of training camp for the entire, basically what ended up being almost the entire season. Exactly. Right. So you're talking about you're starting the season down three starting offensive linemen. Uh, from the year prior, then you get another one. They they lose another one. I think during halfway through the season, uh, for a bit as well. But it, it just doesn't make sense. Tom Brady obviously doesn't want to get hit, and rightfully so. He's about a billion years old. Any hit's gonna cripple the man. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm just saying, he's getting the ball out as you mentioned, two seconds, fastest release time in the NFL. He wasn't messing around, man. It was quick game all day long. I just don't understand. You're gonna tell one of your best players just go ahead and run go routes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Why? Uh, he's not going to have time to get open. Uh, it just, yeah. it, it didn't make any sense. I thought it was stupid. Uh, the, the play calling in regards to Mike Evans. Why, why do it this way? I, I just don't understand why do it this way. Um, so I, that part of it was just disappointing uh, for me in regards to bulls. Um, and I've been a vocal critic of Todd bulls. Uh, just saying, I, I don't, I feel like he's learned absolutely nothing from his stint with the jets, you know, you, you see some guys, they come back and, and they've really reconfigured what they do. It seems like he's doing the same stuff, man. So yeah. I don't know. Um, I was disappointed, uh, in the coaching performance there, it, it, which Matt, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Cause it's all the same guys. You would think it's, you know, going to be the same thing. And it just, I, to me, it didn't really feel that way. It felt more stodgy, uh, the way they were playing football. Yeah. And you know, it's just funny how like there's so many of these like kind of butterfly effect moments in the NFL. Like remember how hard Jacksonville was pushing to get Byron Leftwich to come be their head coach uh, after firing Urban Meyer, and obviously Byron mm-hmm. Leftwich stays with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as the offensive coordinator. 
and they hired Doug Peterson and think about just what a great fit Doug Peterson's been for Trevor Lawrence. You know, that was just a home run hire. Um, you know, to do like instead of kind of taking this, and I'm not saying like maybe Byron Leftwich ends up being a great head coach in the NFL uh, someday, but they were trying to, I think, do the sentimental thing and bringing a guy in Byron who, you know, used yeah. to play for the team. He was a first round right. pick by the team, even if he wasn't a super successful first round pick. Like, I think there would, that would have been like a cool thing for the fan base. But, you know, he stays with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers without, you know, we're talking about there's not a lot of coaching change. I mean, there was one big one. Bruce Arians got kicked out of the head coaching spot and, you know, got moved up to the front office by uh, probably by Tom Brady. Uh, and probably that was a big part of it. And, you know, that left left, which was already the play caller and the office coordinator. And, you know, people like to remind you of that a lot uh, mm-hmm. when when the Bucks are having success. But I think removing Arians from the situation, I think, was a big problem last year. Uh, and I think those guys just weren't ready to like I don't think Bowles was ready to be a head coach again. And I don't think that. Byron Leftwich was ready to just completely man the offense by itself because it was like that was problem number maybe four or five for what was going on with the Buccaneers offense last year is Mike Evans running too many go routes but you're right it was a huge issue that I think makes Evans's season look worse and made the Bucs offense worse overall I think what you've highlighted with Mike Evans too is that he's not just a go route specialist. That's not just what he does. This is yeah. a guy that can play and run routes all over the field. Um, and, and so to kind of pigeonhole, and you would think of all the teams, uh, Tampa Bay would know that the most about Mike Evans, that this guy can actually run the full route tree. Uh, but they took him off. Like I said, I thought he was a chess piece that they took off the board with strange play calling a third of his plays going in over the top uh, on an offensive line that's decimated and a quarterback that doesn't want to stand in the pocket and take big hits and launch him downfield. It just, uh, to me, it doesn't make any sense. But I want to get back to the tears because, again, I, I thought maybe there was some small slippage, as you had wrote, wrote about in your profile with him, but still in over the top even though he was running, you know, more than 30% of his routes uh, over the top, still looked awesome, man. You know, 60.9% success rate on the nines in 2021. He improved on that in 2022. He went from 60.9 to 62.9 in 2022 and also saw a a pretty chunky increase on his success routes on the post and corner compared to 2021 in 2022. So, again, you know, in that intermediate area of the field, Okay, maybe not so much, but in over the top, Matt, this guy was was uh, again as good as advertised. One hundred percent, yeah. He still, I, I get from the one perspective why you want him running those vertical routes because he's really good at running those vertical routes, right? That's this one of the trump card abilities in his arsenal, and right. he also, by the way, is still a great contested catch player. Oh, yeah. um, he he had some issues with drops at different points last year, you know, whatever, but. He still uh, won 78.6% of his sample contested targets last year. Uh, That remains a big-time ability for him. I just, like, as we're talking more and more about this, like, the the clear strengths that are still a part of Evans' game, you know, winning downfield, getting open downfield, being a vertical X receiver, winning in tight coverage. I mean, my God, dude, these are all the worst parts of Baker Mayfield's game as a passer. <laughs> and maybe Kyle Trask. I don't – I just – honestly, with Kyle Trask, uh-huh. I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I know a lot of quarterback, like, evaluators that I really respect didn't see much from Kyle Trask as, yeah. a, as a prospect. Right. Um, I'd be curious what Derek Klassen thought about him as, a, as like, a prospect uh, mm-hmm. back in the day, but I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I mean, it just – like, if he – maybe he's – 
able to save this thing at some point. Um, I mean, there's just like no juice about that quarterback battle either, right? Like, because it's no. pretty much still an open question. But yeah, I'm I'm just very concerned that there is no real ceiling for this offense present with these quarterbacks. And like you said, I think Bowles is still a conservative coach. You know, Dave Canales, the offensive coordinator, now comes from Seattle. I like that hire and everything, but I don't know, man. I just really think that we're – I just – I don't see it with with Evans in, in fantasy this year, and I just – yeah, it's just not a – I hate that because I love the player, but I, it's just not a guy I've been, uh, been, been drafting often. Last year, Mike Evans, 127 targets, 77 receptions, uh, 1,124 yards, six touchdown catches for Mike Evans, his lowest touchdown total since 2017, nine consecutive years of 1,000-plus yards. You know, to be honest with you, I just feel like I don't think it matters. I think he just gets the job done. Tier five for me, too low. And, you know, you did this with the Baltimore guys, Matt. You should have done it with the Tampa Bay guys, too. You should have just had Godwin and Mike Evans just right there at the end of tier four. Just clump them together, man. Like, just put them together. They're both so good. But that's that's the thing, though. I think that, I mean, Godwin, I think, is still younger. He's on a bit more of an upward trajectory. Um, You know, I think that he again stylistically fits Baker Mayfield bad but also just bad quarterbacks in general because he's going to be used a ton underneath but he's listen he's a he's at the end of that tier with Keenan Allen to me because those are also guys that I think like I I don't see a high ceiling with I mean I Mm -hmm. understand um the ceiling on some of these other guys that I have in tier four but I don't even Godwin like he's gonna have to have some great touchdown luck on the type with the type of targets that he generally gets. I don't think the type of targets he gets is going to change with Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. So um, I think, think that's why I've just been a little bit more comfortable with Godwin, but I, I do hear you that it is kind of a bummer to have my, I mean, I could listen, I could see bumping Mike Evans ahead of like Christian Kirk and Jerry Judy and Mike Williams, but I, I can't really go too much higher than that. Okay. There you go. 